what the Lord put in my heart for these three weeks is to remind us that we are the supporting cast so that God can show His Son to the world. We are God's cast members. And I want to share this first message with you, kind of a different title, uh, but I feel like the title the Lord gave me is Famous Farmers. And you'll understand why I'm saying that in a moment. Famous Farmers. Now, before we get to Galatians 6, I know it's the first passage I asked you to turn to. Let me show you another scripture and I'll show it to you on the screen. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says, but this I say, this is Paul speaking, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, the two chapters here, we read a verse out of 9. Uh, these are two chapters where Paul is commending and encouraging the Corinthian church in, in their giving. Uh, he said, you guys have been phenomenal in this area, and you've been phenomenal in a lot of areas, but make sure you abound, he said, in this grace also, the grace of giving. We give by grace, obviously. Everything we do in the Christian life is by grace. He said, I want you to abound in this, and I just want to remind you uh, that it's like sowing and reaping. And he uses a farming analogy in the area of, of giving. So the context is financial giving. But this truth, this principle, could apply to other areas as well. Uh, if you're married, uh, you will reap what you sow in your marriage. Uh, if you're um, um, a student, I'll just give you a very simple analogy. Uh, you will reap on a test what you've sown in the classroom and in your study time. It, it is better to spend a lot of time studying and this is going to shock you what I'm about to say, but if you're a student, and we're about to begin another semester here with the King's University, but if you're a student, it's better to spend more time studying than it is to spend a lot of time praying the night before the test. <laughs> because whatever you sow is what you're going to reap, all right? So let me, let me give you uh, three facts about famous farmers, all right? Three facts about famous farmers. Here's number one. They reap what they sow. All farmers know this. They reap what they sow. Now, now look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. Don't, don't, don't be deceived in this area. God is not mocked for whatever, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Whatever a man sows, that is what he's going to reap. Think about if you were driving in the country, you saw this big field, you saw a farmer standing there by the fence, you thought, I'm going to go over and talk to him. You go over and talk to him, and you say, uh, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of praying over the field, and, and I'm, I'm believing and expecting for uh, a huge harvest of wheat this year. And so you say, oh, so you, you, you planted wheat. No, I planted corn, <laughs> but I'm believing for wheat. Well, you're never going to hear a farmer say that. Because he knows if he sows corn, he's going to get corn. He knows if he sows wheat, he's going to get wheat, right? Okay. So I know this is very simple. But whatever you sow, that's what you'll reap. We need to understand this when it comes to the gospel. There are many, many people that say, I would love to lead someone to Christ. Well, here's my question for you. Are you sowing? It's that simple. If you want to reap, if you want to lead people to Christ, you have to sow the gospel, the good news. You know, a lot of people see this verse as a negative verse. 
uh, and it can be negative, but it's also positive. Look, look at verse seven. Look at the very next verse. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Okay, notice he's saying this is a negative principle and it's a positive principle. It works both ways is what he's trying to tell us. Yes, if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption, but if you sow to the spirit, you reap everlasting life. And I saw this scripture in a way I've never, ever seen this scripture this week. When it said you'll reap everlasting life, I know that we're saved by grace, and you know we're saved by grace. So this isn't saying if you sow, if you work, if you do things, you'll get saved. Because we get saved by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. But he says if you sow spiritual things, you'll reap spiritual things, even everlasting life. So is it possible that one um, example of this scripture could be if we will sow the gospel we will reap people coming into everlasting life. See, it's both ways. And then if you look on, verse 9 says, and let us not grow weary. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Now, I want to say to you, you will reap. If you'd like to lead someone to the Lord, you will reap if you'll continue so. Now, um, This is uh, an area where many of us have different areas of our lives that we've had a breakthrough in. Probably most of you here have had a breakthrough in the area of your finances. You've understood that if I tithe and if I sow financially into the kingdom, uh, and you've seen then a harvest in that area. Most of you have. If you haven't yet, please don't get discouraged because you can. You actually can in that area. Uh, But I want to share something with you because we've talked about heart for the kingdom, giving over and above the kingdom, and you guys are doing so fantastic in that area. Uh, I was thinking about this sowing and reaping, and uh, there's a a young lady in our church. uh, She's a single young lady, and uh, Debbie and I know her, and we were talking to her, and she shared with me about her heart for the kingdom commitment, okay? She uh, had, had never really thought about something like that. I shared about giving over and above your tithe. She's a tither. And she was in a job that she didn't really like. First job out of college and uh, didn't really, the workplace was not a good, work atmosphere was not good. And she's in that job and she was really looking for God to provide another job. And I shared about our heart for the kingdom and I made this statement, why don't you just see what God can do? Make a commitment to give over and above your tithe. That's when you're actually giving, tithing is returning. Make a commitment to give generously over and above your tithe, something, whatever you can give. And so she thought, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to see what God can do. And she prayed about it because I said, ask the Lord for the amount. Now, I'm going to tell you the amount. And I kind of went back and forth on this because it's a large amount. But I want you to know it's a, it was a sacrifice for her. It'd be a sacrifice for anyone to do. But she felt like over a year, it's over a year process, that the Lord told her $5,000. She's not married at this time. And so she's, you know, she had uh, some, she could do that, but sacrifice. And so she did that. So she commits to give 5000 over and above her time. Okay. Within just a short time, she gets a new job with a $25,000 a year raise, five times the amount, and she got a signing bonus. Anyone want to guess how much it was? $5,000. Okay, listen to me. That's God. You can't make that stuff up. God responds when we do it. But here's the point. When you so, you'll reap. So, if it works in our finances, and most of you have seen it work in that area, why won't it work in the area of witnessing? 
If we sow the gospel everywhere we go, and the word gospel means good news, and really when you look at it, there's, there's two words. Uh, it means to announce good news, to announce good news. And the good news is not just that Jesus came, but that he changed your life. So when we sow that, we'll reap. So we know, according to Scripture, we reap what we sow. So if we sow the gospel, we're going to reap souls. All right, so here's something else famous farmers know. Here's number two. They reap after they sow. They reap after they sow. Very simple, but if you were driving down the road, same thing, stop to talk to a farmer, and he's standing there, and he's got this field there, no no crops at this point, and you say, um, what are you waiting for? Well, I'm waiting for a harvest of wheat. Oh, so you sowed wheat? No, I didn't sow anything. Excuse me? Yep, didn't sow anything. But I am going to sow after the harvest comes up. Now, here's one of the reasons I say that, because I hear that a lot about finances. <laughs> I'll give after I get some money. You'll never, you'll never have any until you give. Oh, so so you, you reap after you sow. Okay, think about it in the area of witnessing. In the same way with evangelism, we reap after we sow. Okay, let me show you. This is what gave me the, the, the idea for the famous farmers, uh, this next passage. 1 Corinthians 3, hopefully you put a bookmark there or you can click over there real quickly. 1 Corinthians 3, here are two famous farmers. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5. Who then is Paul, very famous, and who is Apollos, another apostle? But ministers, this word in the Greek is diakonos, which means uh, servants, servants, but servants through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. Watch verse 6 carefully. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Okay, let me tell you exactly what he's actually saying. We were just farmers. There was this dissension in the Corinthian church, and they, they, they'd been talking about, well, you know, we got saved through Paul. And others said, well, we got saved through Apollos. And they actually started saying, we're of Paul's gospel, and we're of Apollos' gospel. And Paul said, there's not a gospel of Paul. There's not a gospel of Apollos. There's a gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He even goes on to say, no one can build except on any other foundation than that of Jesus Christ. He's talking about, he said, don't don't divide over this. And he said, "Let let me tell you, you're talking about that. I, you know, am the one that brought you to Christ. Listen, God's actually the one that brought you. I just planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Um... Sometimes we lead the, use the expression, win someone to Christ. You know, lead someone to the Lord or win someone to Christ. This, this win someone to Christ, probably this expression came, comes from uh, Proverbs 11.30, he that wins souls is wise. I remember one day I was reading through, I think maybe it was the 11th day of the month, sometimes I'll read that proverb, you know, and then read somewhere else in the Bible. And I, I read that verse, he that wins souls is wise. And I remember thinking, I want, I want to win souls. I want to be wise. Later in my quiet time, I was reading in 1 Timothy, and think about putting these two scriptures together. It says, he that wins souls is wise. Then in 1 Timothy 1, uh, verse 17 says, there is only one wise, that's God. And then I remembered this scripture in 1 Corinthians 3, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And I thought, Lord, you're really the one that wins them but I get to participate. I can plant or I can water. And I want to encourage you, 
If you want to win someone to, to Christ, plant. You know what? Let, let me ask you a question, all right? Every campus. Um, whether you've ever won someone to Christ or not. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, all right? But I just want to ask you a question so you can just affirm this. How many of you would like to lead someone to Christ? Would you put your hand up just to say, I'd like to, Lord, I'd like to do that, all right? I'm going to tell you how to do it. So, just start sharing your story. Because if you sow, you'll reap. But you reap after you sow. You know, sometimes we reap where we haven't sown. Someone else has sown. Someone else has planted the seed. Someone else has watered. And we just get there at the right time. I was at a restaurant one time. And um, uh, they, it was where they give you your check. And you take it to a cash register by the door on your way out and pay and so I went up to the cash register to pay, and there were three or four people in front of me in line. There was a guy standing there at the cash register, and I uh, found out later he was the owner of the restaurant. And so I'm standing there, and then it got to my turn, and there are now three or four people behind me. And I went to hand him my check there, and when he touched the other side of it, I had this strong impression, such a strong impression, I actually held on to the check. I don't know, I just held on to it, and he kind of pulled it, and then he looked at me like, you know, what are you doing? And I, I just said what came to my mind, and I just said to him, would you like someone to tell you how to be saved? I just say, so you know, I don't normally start my witnessing that way. <laughs> I don't normally go right to, do you want to buy today? You know, I just, I don't start there, okay? But I just had that come to my mind. I just said to him, would you like someone to tell you how to be saved? Like that. And his eyes got real wide and he said, yes, I've been reading the Bible trying to find out how to be saved. And I said, I can help you. I know how to be saved. I've been saved. And so he calls someone over and says, take the cash register. We step over five feet from the cash register and in five minutes, he accepted Christ. Just like that. Now, here's the thing that's amazing about that. I didn't, I didn't plant that seed. I didn't even water that seed, but I was able to reap that seed. But I planted other seeds. I've watered other seeds. And other people get to reap those seeds. So if you want to win someone to the Lord, just start sowing. That's all you got to do. Let me show you one more thing that famous farmers know. They reap more than they sow. They reap more than they sow. They know this. They know this. Show you a scripture, uh, Genesis 26, 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. See, wh why would it say that? You, you need to know you always, always reap in the kingdom of God. You always reap more than you sow. Farmers know this. Um, I, I, I said famous farmers. That's the title. Let me tell you about a famous farmer that you might not recognize his birth name. His birth name was John Chapman. The name you might recognize was his nickname, Johnny Appleseed. He knew this. He went across the country, mainly in the Northeast, planting orchards, apple orchards, because he knew someone He's going to reap the benefit of this one day if I just plant these seeds. Now, here's what you might not know about him because I don't think they taught this in school when they taught about Johnny Appleseed or John Chapman. He was a strong, strong believer. And everywhere he went, he witnessed. 
And he believed that every person needed to accept Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And he even preached and held revival meetings. Every town he went to. And he preached a lot and had a tremendous favor with Native Americans because he respected the earth, but he always shared with them about Christ. Some people say that he is responsible for more Native Americans accepting Christ than any other individual person. Here's what he was doing. He was sowing naturally, and he was sowing spiritually. And he knew that he would reap more than he sowed. You know, when you plant uh, uh, an apple seed, you don't get back one apple seed. You don't even get back one apple with multiple seeds. You get back a tree with many apples and many seeds. That's God's kingdom. Well, here's my question. We all know this, that you receive more than you uh, plant. Uh, you know, give and it will be given unto you. Good, pre- good measure, pressed down, shaking under, running over. Okay, so we all know that you reap more than you sow. But when you think about it, it doesn't seem that way with evangelism. You ever thought about this? It seems like you witness, 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 and then one person gets saved. And then you witness, 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 and then one person gets saved. So it seems like you plant more than you reap. But I want to give you a different perspective. All these other people you witnessed to that didn't accept Christ, how do you know they didn't accept Christ five years later or 10 years later? And how do you know that they didn't lead other people to Christ? I want to submit to you that I think the principle of sowing and reaping works with evangelism also. And that we actually reap more than we sow. See, I want to tell you, if you witness to someone and that person doesn't accept Christ, The enemy comes in and says, you're a failure, and you're not good at this. You need to leave this to the experts. You know, people many, many times have said, Pastor, I'm I'm talking to someone. Would you come and talk to that person? And the reason they're saying that is because, you know, I'm an expert, you know. That's what they think. He's a professional. You know, he does this for a living, and so he'll he'll be good at this. It's like asking Josh Hamilton to play on your church softball team, you know. uh, But we'll just get him, and he'll, he'll come do this. Okay. Can I tell you something? You have a professional with you. His name's the Holy Spirit. But what the devil does is if a person doesn't accept Christ, he tells you you're a failure. Can I tell you something? You're never a failure when you plant the gospel, when you sow the gospel, because you don't see the results. I'll tell you one more story about a famous farmer that you probably don't know his name. And when I say the word famous, can I clarify something? I don't mean famous on earth. I mean famous in heaven. I want to be famous in heaven for all the people I bring to Christ. I'll tell you another place I want to be famous that might kind of shock you. I want to be famous in hell. I want them to say, that's the guy that plundered hell and populated heaven. That's the guy right there. You know, in Scripture, in, in the book of Acts, one of my favorite stories is this guy uh, that probably didn't even know the Lord just saw Paul casting demons out. And so he said to this, this demon-possessed guy, in the name of Jesus, come out. And the demon said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? He, he wasn't real famous in hell. <laughs> okay. So I'm ta- when I say famous, don't, don't get hung up on that word. 
I'm talking about being known in heaven, not, not, not on the earth. So let me tell you uh, another guy that you may have never heard of. Uh, his name was Edward Kimball. Edward Kimball, you ever heard that name? Edward Kimball was a Sunday school teacher. He witnessed one day to a shoe salesman. Sunday school teacher witnessed to a shoe salesman. The shoe salesman's name was Dwight L. Moody. D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody accepted Christ, became a famous pastor and a very evangelistic pastor. They said that he used to walk through factories and people would fall on their knees and get saved on the other side of the factory. Dwight L. Moody ministered to a man named Frederick B. Meyer. Frederick B. Meyer ministered to a man named Wilbur Chapman, and Wilbur Chapman accepted Christ. Wilbur Chapman ministered to a baseball player named Billy Sunday, who accepted Christ and became a famous evangelist. Billy Sunday went to Charlotte, North Carolina and held a revival. Many, many people got saved. They said, please come hold another revival. He couldn't, but he said there's a young man that he had led to Christ that he sent back in his place named Mordecai Ham. Mordecai Ham went back to Charlotte, North Carolina. Hardly anyone attended the revival, but one little boy got saved. His name was Billy Graham. It all started because a Sunday school teacher shared Christ with a shoe salesman. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Every week we ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I really think that sometimes there's, every time there are individual things, but sometimes there's one thing that he's saying to all of us. And he's saying this to me too. I've been so reminded of this in the past few weeks. We're the only hope that God has for people to come to Christ. He has chosen for people to be saved through the proclaiming of the gospel. Sometimes we sing that as the professionals doing it. But there's no way that one person can win as many people to Christ as neighbors and friends and coworkers can. I want you to just ask the Lord, Lord, help me this year, this year, to at least win one person to Christ. Help me, Lord, in the next few weeks to bring people to the production and, and the weeks after that and to invite people. People, let the Lord say, Lord, Lord, whom do you want to put on my heart? And let him lead you to someone at work or, or, or a neighbor friend or the, the parent of a, a child that knows your child or someone. Let the Lord lead you. And then begin praying for that person. Let's believe God to see some people come to Christ. We, we want to pray for you. We, we, every service we end with one more worship song. It's a part of our service, so we ask that no one leave unless you have an emergency. We understand sometimes you have to catch a plane. It's an emergency situation. But if it's not an emergency, we ask you to stay because it's part of the service people are being ministered to. If you, if you need prayer for any area of your life, finances, health, family, marriage, relationships, your relationship with God, you say, you know, you talk about this, I need to be saved, or I need to come back to God. 
This is a time when you can pray with one of our leaders here and we'll help you. So if you need prayer in any area of your life, any area of your life, no matter which campus you're attending, at the front of every campus and even in the overflow rooms, we'll have leaders. And so in just a moment, we'll stand. When we stand, we're gonna sing one more worship song together. And I really want you to sing. I want you to worship God during this time to create an atmosphere where people can be ministered to by the Holy Spirit. So if you, if you need prayer though for any area of your life, when we stand up, it's very easy because we're all standing. You just slip to the aisle of the campus or the room where you are and come to the front and, and, and there'll be a leader to pray for you. And, and let me tell you this, you don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to come. Uh, and, and you don't need to in any way be embarrassed because there are gonna be a lot of people coming. You'll see many people coming. You won't be the only one. And everyone needs prayer. I need prayer. Oh, we all need prayer. So if you need prayer for any area of your life, as soon as we stand up, you just stand up and step out and come. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person that needs any prayer at every campus in Jesus' name. Amen.